Hi, I'm Suzanne Lynn from Z88.3 Afternoons with Suzanne and Shadow, wishing you a very Merry Christmas and asking you to join my friends Mike, Fritz and Trish on WGSR, bringing hope, comfort and encouragement to the world 24 hours a day. Hi there. We here at God Stories Radio are reaching out to you and your business to sponsor us for as little as $10 a month. We need you so that we can continue bringing hope, comfort, and encouragement through the power of the Christian testimony. By your business blessing us monthly, we are able to bless others weekly. To sponsor us, email GodStoriesRadio at gmail.com. And you don't have to be a business to be a blessing. Visit GodStoriesRadio.com to donate securely through PayPal. Just press the button. You're listening to the God Stories Radio Podcast with Mike, Fritz, Trish, and Tina. Listen to us live on the Mixler app. Also, be sure to follow us on iHeartRadio and you will never miss an episode. And welcome to God Stories Radio. This is session 145. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. Hey, what's going on, guys? Just another Thursday night doing what we love doing. Yes, isn't that the truth, man? And it's a special time of year. That it is. So I'm feeling festive. Are you feeling festive? I am. I'm in the holiday spirit, Ah. Christmas spirit. That's good. And and the weather outside is not so delightful (laughs) Delightful for sure. It's delightful here in the studio. No 80s. AC is on in the studio. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way I like it. Amen yeah, to that. Not very many people get a 75 to 80 degree Fahrenheit weather, you no, know, for Christmas no. time. I uh, know. I know it. That's awesome. Yeah. It's nice to live here. <laughs> Amen to that. We got some shout outs, babe? We do, do, but I think Mike's going to read them tonight. Mikey's got, Mikey's got them tonight. I got them awesome. tonight. Excellent. All right. Facebook likes. We have Janet Spoiri. Janet, thank you. Thank, thank you, Janet. Thank you, Janet. And then we have Tracy McElroy. Tracy McElroy. We know Tracy. Tracy. And then we have Maggie Barry Macy. Hey, Maggie. Thank you so much for liking us. Thank you for liking us on Facebook. All one name? Yes. Mm -hmm. Maggie Barry. Oh, I thought it was maybe three people. Maggie Barry slash Macy. Oh, okay. Well, thank you, Maggie. Well, if it is three people, we thank all three of you. Yeah, really. That's right. We do. (laughs) Yes. Speaking of Tracy McElroy, she just popped up on... uh, on uh, Mixler, Mixler. And, uh, and Janelle Grimm's on with us. Hey, Janelle. Nice right. to see you tonight. Well, I don't see you, but <laughs> I sort of see you, kind of. But thank you for uh, for it, being on the show tonight, and you're, you dialed into a good one. And we have the, the regions that uh, listen. The next ones up are Addis, Abiba, and Ethiopia. Wow. wow. That's cool. And then we have uh, Mexico. Yay, Mexico. Yeah, Mexico. And in New Brunswick, Canada. Yay, our Canadian friends. We love our Canadian yes. brothers and sisters. Well, we love everybody. Yes, yes we do. And anybody out there that uh, hasn't liked us on Facebook, please do because we're running out of new ones. We need some more. <laughs> That's new right. Ones. We need you to like us on Facebook so please. that we can mention your name. Because if, if we don't have any names to mention, we don't really know what to do with that time. Because <laughs> we're not that really seasoned, you know. So uh, we do have faces for radio. And if you want to see them, you can log on to YouTube and there you are. watch us and see what Mikey really looks like. Oh, serious? <laughs> <laughs> Estás bromeando. <laughs> uh, oh, 
Oh man. Yes, sir. That is so cool. Well, how's your how's your week over there, Fritz? Well, you know, working for the mouse, I've been um on planning all this for New Year's Eve and it's just been oh man, it's been backbreaking. I do the I've been doing the work of twenty year olds. You know. Should the boy, be. they Make put on a like, good show. My goodness. Well, they do. Yeah. Yeah. They really, really do. It's, it's really amazing what goes on behind the scenes to make it all happen. Yeah, people would be amazed at at how that place comes to life at night. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's, you know. Off show magi- time, yes. The magic happens. <laughs> <laughs> the other yeah. part of the magic. Uh, the other part right. of the magic. Yeah. No, not all the pixie dust kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. What about our guest tonight, man? I've been looking forward to having this guy on the show now for uh, it's been for a couple weeks. months. We had, we had him on once. Yeah, something something, something came happened. Up and I we can't remember what it was. And, uh, well, he used to be occupied on Thursday evenings, which was kind of part of the the dilemma was just trying to get him on a Thursday, and then we were trying to get some weekends there for a while. But with your schedule, babe, that wasn't going to work out. So. Yeah. Um, you know, he's been patient with us. And then in the midst of everything, we had a hurricane. Let's not forget Hurricane right. Irma. All right. Mm-hmm. Irma Gerd. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, obviously, we took some damage from that. But, um, you know, he, praise the Lord, didn't have any damage. He was A-OK. We've stayed in touch all this time. And his story is such a, a really cool story. And I really hope that it resonates with a lot of people. I know it certainly piqued my interest, and I really have been looking forward to this time of hearing him give his testimony. And I don't want to give too much away. Um, he just has, um, you know, a very interesting background, and um, it's just amazing to see what the Lord can do with a person's life. You may feel like you are the worst of the worst, or the bottom of the barrel or, you know, feel like there is no hope left. But I assure you there is always hope. And Pastor Monzel, I think, is going to strike a chord with many people tonight. Well, he prayed over us before the show, and, man, the hair standing up on my arms. uh Yes. So without any further ado, I give you Pastor Monzel Ford. Pastor Monzel Ford, welcome to the show. Thank you. And to God be the glory, praise His Almighty name. I am honored and privileged to sit, even though it's by way of phone, but to remain in the presence of highly anointed, gifted brothers and sisters such as yourself. Amen. It's truly, that. truly a blessing to be connected with you guys. Uh, God's timing is always the best timing, like you've indicated before. We've tried to do this many of times, but. We have to trust and believe that God's timing it's all in is his always timing. on time. So I, I, I'm Amen. grateful and thankful, and I'm, and I'm excited. I'm truly Amen. excited. Amen. Well, you know, Pastor Monzel, we're pretty much going to turn it over to you to tell your story and for you to start wherever you'd like to start. Just let the Holy Spirit lead. Okay, okay. Well, that's, wow. You know, when, <laughs> when people sit me down and say, okay, how did it start? Uh, how, where, how did you get to where you are? The first thing I ask is how much time do we have? I need to know which version to give because <laughs> trust me when I say we could go on and on. But I'm just going to be brief, like you indicated, as a, as a spirit leave. My passion, first and foremost, is street evangelism. So I, I am very well versed and I know how to present something within a matter of seconds. 
to a matter of minutes, and then, of course, even a couple of hours, should the Lord leads. But what got me going is um, I was raised in a church, Los Angeles, California, is where I'm originally from. Um, like most, again, raised in the church, went to church on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and, of course, on Sundays. And so I was raised in understanding who this man named Jesus was from a very young age. But <clears throat> as we continue to grow, when I was around 15, I just knew that there was something different about Christianity that didn't line up with what I thought Christianity should be based on the examples I was seeing in the so-called preachers and ministers who was presenting the gospel to us. Now, even though I was raised in the church, again, and I was, we was fed scripture, but outside the four walls, I just saw everything opposite of what they was teaching. And again, even though that's all I was taught and I've seen, something still didn't sit right with me. Like, wait a minute, there's got to be something different to what real Christianity is, other than what I'm being shown. So I just took advantage of the time that I was very, or I had a passion for the things of God, and I just started reading His Word for myself on my own. But unfortunately, because of this, also I had the one foot in, one foot out mentality, as most did. In other words, I had the religion, but not the relationship part of going to church. I also was involved in a lot of street activities. I was racing games. I was introduced to uh, <clears throat> sex and these types of things at a very young age. I'm talking six, eight years old. My father, my biological father, uh, he was a pimp back in those days. He was highly uh, regarded as one of the highest gang members there was back in those days. So I was basically born in a gang mm. on my father's side, but of course, I would still go to church. On Sunday, we raising up holy hands, but on Monday through Saturday, we're in the streets doing what street people did. But again, I knew there was something more to Christianity than just simply going to church, feel good, hear a good preacher, then go back into the streets and do what we did, thinking God knows my heart, he'll forgive me, we can do this. At 15, I knew something was right. <laughs> so, <clears throat> long story short, I remember one time going to this spiritual leader of mine, and I just called him on some things. He was unmarried, yet he was living with this particular female. So I remember walking into his room, and I had scripture in my hand. I just said, look, I just need to ask you guys a question just real quick. I want to understand something. He was a youth minister. I said, according to the scripture, with you land with that woman who's not your wife, I need to know how is it that you're okay with sleeping together, knowing that it violates God's will for our lives. So he really gave me the speech that most uh, one foot in, one foot out are to do. God knows my heart. He knows how I feel about her. and She feels about me, and I love her. She loves me, and because God is love, you know, it's okay. God is okay with this. I shut the Bible right then and there and said, you know what? I don't want this. Mm -hmm. If this is Christianity, I don't want nothing to do with it because I feel that you're hypocrites, and you're doing exactly what we're doing, but you're trying to tell us not to do it, mm -hmm. even though you do it. So I was really upset and bothered by the hypocrisies that I saw. So again, I just walked away from it. Then I became deeper and deeper involved in the things of the street because I was just really angry with what I was seeing that did not line up with the word. So I pulled away. At the age of 17 is when I got shot. That was my first wake-up call. Because I got so deep into the gangs and the, the selling drugs and my ranking in the streets went way up to the point where I was just doing way too much at that age. At the age of 15, I was doing so much that I had my first apartment. 
dropped out of school. I had people selling drugs for me. I was just out of control. At 17, on Halloween night, <clears throat> I ended up getting shot in the chest. Long story short, the bullet came, I was shot by a 38 um, hollow chip. Bullet came in through the side of my chest. I was about 60 yards away from where the actual, see, a fight broke out. Was that a house party? Let me start there. House party broke out. Um, people started running. I actually got to my car, drove away from the scene. It was me, a good friend of mine. I had um, four female friends of mine in the back. In my mind, I said that I couldn't leave a good friend of mine. I knew he was there. He was intoxicated. There's no way he was able to fend for himself. So I told my my people, look, we got to turn around. We got to go get him because we knew there was no one there that would help him. Everybody said, no, we got to go. Just don't go back. They're shooting. I'm like, look, I can't leave him. This is what I'm saying. I cannot leave him. So we headed back to the scene. I parked my car about five blocks completely away from where the activity was taking place. About 60 yards or so, going up a cul-de-sac, there was no one by me, and the house was like up on a hill, and there was, again, a cul-de-sac, there was only one way out, and I heard the gunshot, one gunshot. I jumped behind this truck that was nearby, and then I heard several gunshots, and then people started to run. Now, I'm not realizing what happened, but I'm ducking and looking around the truck, trying to see who's shooting, first of all, where the shooting is coming from, and if anybody's hit. Come to find out, when one of my friends ran past me, he called me by my street name, and he said, bro, I don't know if you realize it, but you're shot. I looked at my chest, and it was just covered with blood. I didn't even know that I was shot. So when I realized I was shot, and I saw all the blood, I kind of collapsed a little bit, and I just knew that I just had to get myself back to the car. Now, my car, again, was about another 50 yards away where I'm from. Even though I was struggling to get into the car, people were surrounding me, but they wouldn't touch me because I was literally covered with blood. It was a bad situation. I jumped in the car. The four females that were with me were still in the car. My best friend jumped in, but I told the girl that was in the back, drive me to the hospital. So I'm driving to the hospital, and again, I'm giving the short version, so you guys got to bear with me. Got to the hospital, which was about 18 to 20 miles away from where we were at. Ladies and gentlemen, here's where the, where the first miraculous part took place of this story. I ran out of gas. My car coasted to the emergency room before it just completely stopped. It coasted and stopped right in the emergency room door. <laughs> wow. So my friend jumps out. <laughs> he jumps out, and I, I, I remember like it was yesterday. He grabbed this nurse who I think was on break because she still had a coffee cup in her hand and everything. He grabbed her. You know, my friend got shot, getting him help, so she came out and saw that I was in a messed up way. Out came the gurney and then they put me on air. They wheeled me in. I'm still not feeling no pain, by the way, at this point. I'm very calm. I'm not really speaking. But as soon as I got there, of course, they started asking questions. And a few minutes after I was there, the police came. For whatever reason, I guess it was procedure, but they handcuffed one of my hands to the bed. Then they start asking me questions such as, who shot you? Are you a part of any gang, et cetera, et cetera. The only thing I can just say, and I am not ashamed to admit, I just said, call my mom. Because, yes, I was a tough kid, but I was a mama's boy. I just said, call my moms and let her know where I'm at. The police consistently interrupted me. They was becoming a little more stern. and said, look, you just need to tell me who did this because you know you're about to die. You're not going to survive this. 
So I wasn't really paying attention to all that, uh, what he was saying, but I just said, just call my moms. A few minutes later, the nurse started saying, look, if you're feeling any kind of pain, just grab my hand. The pain started to increase at that point to the point where I started feeling so much pain that they had to remove my her hand from my hand. Because what they had to do was, the reason why it was hard for me to breathe when I first realized I was shot, I thought it was adrenaline, but come to find out that six more ribs, or four more ribs on the left side was cracked and my left lung was punctured. The bullet came in and went through my left lung, so my lung was filling up with blood, so I wasn't able to really breathe that well. Wow. So while I'm still conscious, they cut me right below where I got shot to stick a chest tube in in order to drain the blood. At that point, I just heard something in my mind just say, go to sleep, because the pain was very intense at that moment, to the point where I heard something say, go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Three days later, I woke up, and IVs to me, Again, police outside my door, but my mom says my family was there. Um, police came in, asked me whatever questions he had to ask, but then the doctor came in. When the doctor came in, he said, son, I wanted to let you know. I, I just need you to see this this x-ray because I need to let you and your mom and your family see this because I've never seen it before. So, of course, we're just trying to see what it is that he wanted us to see. So he put the x-ray up and he said, look, this is your heart. He showed me a part, like I said, the 38 ounce of what that bullet does. When it comes in, it actually explodes and it starts to just attack different parts of the body. That's what broke my ribs. But the way that the bullet came in, he said the biggest chunk of that bullet should have came straight in and went directly through my heart, killing me instantly. But he said for some reason, that bullet came in the angle, a fraction of an inch from my heart, curved, and went out through my back. He said he'd never seen nothing like that before. It came in, curved, and went through my back. Another coincidence like there, Mike. Almost Another coincidence. All those coincidences. <laughs> Another, it's just this thing that we have, you know, where all these coincidences, you know. Just another coincidence. All the, all <laughs> these are, what I, what I recognized was what he was saying. What he was saying was, when it said it seemed like something just directed it, redirected it, then I didn't know what I know now. When God put his hand in my chest, I said, say you cannot take him. Amen to that. He does not. Because I've got something to for you to do. Now, two days later, now this is the thing that really got me start to realize that God's hand was upon my life. Because when everybody was in my hospital room, I had all my friends there, hey, you know, you're lucky, blah, blah, blah. But my stepfather was the first one who spoke prophetically in my life. He came and said, son, I don't care what these people are telling you, you need to know. You're not lucky, you're blessed. God mm-hmm. is trying to get your attention and trying to let you know that your time is coming. You need to serve him or die. Serve him or die. You cannot live in this manner. Right. So with that being said, what I decided to do was take my eyes off the man and start putting them back on him because the reason why I walked away from him because of all the hypocrisy I saw in men. So I had to re- readjust my focus and put it back on him because I understand that's what man to ourselves every time. But when I put my hope and my trust in him, he shows me as to why we see what we see. So since then, I had a passion for the things that God I got deeper into his word. Years later, I completely surrendered my life as, as I... When I was a child, I spoke with the child, I followed the child, but I even understood the child, but when I became a man, I put child chains away. That's when I was like around in my late 30s when I finally said I'm done. 
completely surrendered, went to Bible College, literally Bible College graduated, um, got my bachelor's 4.0, which I'm proud of that because I dropped out of high school, went back 10 years later to get my diploma. But wow. In Bible college, I finished it because of the passion that I have for things like that because I wanted to make sure not only do I understand what he has for me, but what he has for the rest of his people as well. So I've been on fire for him ever since. And this is my passion just to go out and continue to proclaim this gospel and let people know no matter what they're going through, there is hope. The blood is real. His mercy and grace is real. And all we have to do is seek first him, his kingdom, his righteousness. And everything else that we stress over will be added on to us. And I've been on fire since, and I haven't turned back since, and this is just simply what I do. So, Pastor Monzel, tell us a little bit. That's a short version. (laughs) Yeah, tell us a little bit about what you do now. Well, right now, since 2010 is when I started the ministry that he's entrusted me with called Kingdom Minded Worldwide Ministries. And it simply is, it's not just the name of who we are, that's a slogan. So we're mostly against street evangelists where I just cannot remain in the four walls of our churches. We take to the street, go to different areas we set up, and we just win souls. I go to the prisons every week. I go to the county jail every week. I try to reach the ones who think they give so much dirt that they believe there's no way that I love and God will even look in the direction which we all know not true. So I try to reach the ones who are just simply not going into the buildings. And just spread the gospel the best I can. And that's just simply what we do with the ministry that I've been entrusted with. How hard is it for you, Pastor Monzel, when you see these children that were once your age, you know, um, you know, you might be looking into the eyes of that 15-year-old or that 17-year-old and thinking, gosh, I was you. And, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that when you see those, those children well, of course, my heart weeps and breaks for them, but I, I get still bothered by the fact that there's so many proclaimers of the gospel who's not out really recognizing and reaching them. These kids need better role models. They need to be taught a little bit better than what they're given. Unfortunately, they have more negative than positive to imitate to the point where what they see on TV is their teachings. A lot of these kids are growing up, but they're not being raised up, mm-hmm. and that's shame on us. Because we know the truth, we know the, I mean the truth, truth, we know Jesus for heaven's sake, but yet we're not bold enough to proclaim him and let others know that that's who they need to turn to and not to the religion part of this, but the relationship part of this, mm-hmm. That which is why that's the only way that they're going to find the peace in the direction. So yeah, grace hard every time I see him because I know that they don't have to be in that way, but they feel that there is no other way, which is definitely not true. There is such a, a, a great love that God has for these youth. But again, he's dependent on us. When Jesus says that I would not leave you as orphans, but I'll send you a comforter, he's empowered us to reach the lost and understand that Satan has no authority over us whatsoever. So we have everything that's necessary to win the lost souls back unto him. We just got to make up our mind that we're going to do it. And not just on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Every single day that he wills us up, we got to reach him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if it's just to sit, listen, and just sh- and just empathize, but we got to reach him. This mm-hmm. is on us. Yeah. Amen to that. The the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Mm-hmm. The laborers are truly few. I mean, he wept when he said that when Jesus walked out everything. That's and it's just even more so uh, a sadness now. 
what is the what's the one thing on your heart that you pray for all the time for these young folks? I pray for again peace that they that they would have peace. That I don't pray for financial breakthroughs. I don't pray for monetary gain. I pray that they just have peace, knowing that there is a loving, trusting God. I pray God, you know, His Spirit just lines up with them to the point where they feel that there is, first of all, a true living God. I'm talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, because the first thing that these kids need to know, not just in kids, but just as in men and women, period, is that there is. A Thank God we do serve a mighty king who's soon to return and his that reality needs to kick in somewhere and it's not just a myth on made up on just another religion that exists in this world or in our nation. So my prayer is that God's realness reigns true where they just at least know that he is. Once he realized they realized that, then they learned that the reason why he did what he did because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whosoever should call upon him shall be saved. And it's just a matter of us lining up with what was already paid the price for the salvation that redeemed us from the eternal fire and just let them know that once you get connected, that's the way Jesus can operate in your heart and start to deliver you and to direct you. So the first thing I ask for is God, let them feel your presence. Let them know that you're real. Because in all this ugly that we see throughout the world, so many people are like, how can there be a God if this? And where is God now? And if they only knew, Scripture says that the perilous times that we're going to live in these last days, these things are going to happen. But trust and know that all this it's soon going to fade away. It's, this is all temporary. But we got to fix our eyes back on him so we have better understand the why everything is as it is. But it's not going to always be this way. We're going to hear that trumpet, guys. Yeah. We're going to be, hey, he's going to say, all right, enough. It's done. <laughs> Can't wait. Go. That's right. My bags are packed. Yes, sir. I'm ready to it, go. It's over. And that's why once we understand that truth, we know no matter what we see, no matter how bad it is, we know that you know what, one day all this is a wrap. Mm-hmm. It's over. And once you have sat, no matter what it is, we can get through it. Yeah, it, your heart just breaks for the people that don't know that yet. You know, that's why yes. we have such an obligation as Christians to be that those hands and feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm and just... And I tell people all the time, you know, you don't have to be a pastor and a prophet and a preacher and all that. I mean, just be willing and let him use you in whatever capacity he leads you. Just be made available. So many people think they have to know all this scripture and all, you know, they have to always go to church. Look, man, you just got to be willing to let, allow God to use you so you can tell someone what he did for you. Amen. Period. Amen. And let the spirit do the rest. That's all. Yeah. That's all. He keeps it simple, doesn't he? Yes, he does. He really <laughs> does. Because he knows we're just he really sheep. Does. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. He knows See, we're just sheep. It puts us sheep. all on the same level. It puts Because we were all, there's none. Jesus says there is none righteous. No, not, there's no good. All have fall right. short of the glory of the Lord. All of us. So we're all servants and humbled by what he did. And once we recognize he did what he did for us, and we can continue to share what he did to others so they can know, too, who he is, not was, is, and who he's soon to return as, man, that's a celebration. It is, yeah. 
So Pastor Monzel, what do you hope for for the future? Well, every day that the Lord allowed me to live to see another day, even though I desperately can't wait until he called me out. But if every morning he whispers in my spirit and say, get up, I still have needed you. My desire is, Lord, at least let me win at least one more. It has to be about souls. It has to be about just at least getting one more name in the book. So as a whole, though, my heart is just if we as a body would just recognize that we have to live, breathe, eat like everybody else. But if we would just be a little bit more kingdom-minded and understand that there are still so many who just don't know. It's so true. It's so true. I love that. Just You just want one more, one more soul for the kingdom. Yes, one more. But then, of course, it goes past. It's not only getting them saved, but then you get them disciples, get them deeply rooted. You know, I mean, it's it's a process, but first things first, get them in, get, get them to accept, and then to just continue to build them up so they can then go out and just continue to just, just preach this truth. Yeah, and, and then they go out continue. As long as they just, we just got to get people more excited about the reality of <laughs> it's not going to always be like this. Right. So that's, that's my heart. That's my passion. That's my call. That's the ministry you can trust me with. Just to preach, keep it simple, keep it real. And just be you, whoever you are, no matter what you are and how you are. Just say you and just let God use you because he made you perfectly for the purpose that he made you in. Don't try to be someone else. Don't have to imitate the ones you see on TV. Just be yourself and let God get glory in everything you do. That's my encouragement to anybody who's listening. And I think that's fantastic encouragement, Pastor Monzel. I think people sometimes need permission to just go do. You know, Mm -hmm. they're just afraid to get started. So I love the simplicity of that. Um, just go do it. Well, Jesus made it simple on purpose, but many people can't get past that. They just, you know, it's too good to be true. They just can't get past it, and they're looking for something deeper or stronger or whatever. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Yep. Right. Well, if they really look into the Scriptures, even though, like you indicated, Jesus made it real simple, but he also showed you about how we will have trials and tribulations. He says, I don't think there's a human being on earth from the beginning until the end that suffered greater than he. So there is a suffering. There is a struggle. We are not, we won't be popular. We're going to be hated for his name's sake. So it's a, it's a hard call, but it's a worthwhile call because again, we're in this world, but we're not of the world. So we have to go into an understanding. We're not going to always be applauded and invited to the, to all the parties and gatherings, but you know, it doesn't matter. As long as you find your peace within the, in the ways of the Lord, that's all it takes. And I think that's why a lot of people walk away from it because they just think it's a, a hard life to live, but there's so much joy. There's a lot of peace. And that's the thing that a lot of people lack. They don't have the peace. They may have the money. They may have the, the, you know, the status, but they don't have peace. And when you line your heart up with God's heart, no matter what you want to do, you don't have peace because you already know it's, again, it's temporary and you're in his will and that's the perfect place to be in his will. Absolutely. Amen. It's fantastic. Pastor Monzel, we thank you so much for this time that you chose to We to really do. We ministry. know you're busy and you're with your family and everything. And uh, 
as um, Mikey always says, there's always someone or someones out there that needed to hear what you had to Absolutely say. And, did. and the timing is perfect. And, and, um, uh, we do have somebody that's on Mixler right now that's been chatting with me, uh, saying how they are very, very touched by your testimony. You have an amazing testimony. So they're, it's touching people in real well, time. The glory. Touching people Amen. in real Definitely. time. Got to protect that story. That's what we got. That's right. Amen. Keep sharing your story, Pastor Monzel. You know, I can't stop you if I wanted to, so I just gave up <laughs> <laughs> I just gave up trying. As the Lord leads my, my, every day, Lord, as you lead, so shall it be, period. Amen. Well, we hope to get to meet you in person one of yeah, these days, Yeah, we Pastor want you Monzel. to come by and sit with us and have some coffee and chat a while. <laughs> hey, I look forward to the day. Seriously, I would love to do that anytime. I mean, obviously our schedules are... Crossing up, but again, God's timing is always perfect. But I look forward to doing that. Well, we really, really we really hope you stay in touch with us, Pastor Monzo. Yeah, we really do. Keep us updated what's going on, and uh, maybe we'll have you back in the near distant future, and uh, you can update us on what's going on, and you know, maybe come in person. Who knows? If it's God's will, it's God's bill. Did you yeah. just do an oxy, a near future, near distant future? That was kind of a turnaround yep. one. <laughs> I was prophesying. Yeah, really. I was prophesying. We're the people, so you know. Hey. <laughs> I don't know but like I said, coming. I am open to whatever. Anytime you guys need me, as you already know, I answer my phone constantly. Yeah. Anybody who needs to reach me, no matter how busy I am when it comes to doing the things that the Lord, especially when talks about testimony or reaching the laws, man, I'm about that. Yeah. So whenever, however, let's let's, let's keep it going. And um, quick, one quick question: the um, the prison systems that you go into um, are they only in the Daytona area, or are they outside of that? No, the the prison I go to, the one that I go to on the regular is Tomoka Correctional. That is in Daytona, and I also yes go to Volusia County Jail. I'm also the Daytona Beach chaplain, so I do quite a bit in the Daytona area, but. Uh, God has called me from the West Coast to the East, so wherever he would have me go, I go. But that's pretty much the area that he's had me focus in on for the last nine years. Okay, fantastic. And that's where my, my passion is, and it just starts to expand out from there. But again, wherever he sends me, trust me, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Awesome. Seems to be a developing theme here, Mikey. Yes. You know, uh, yes. <laughs> a lot of the brothers and sisters we've had on the show the yes. last couple of months have all been affiliated with the prison ministry. Prison yeah, ministry. kind of, sort of, yeah. I think we're getting a message. I, we are, man. <laughs> no, those are our peeps, though. Yes. You know, we love them. We love them. Hopefully, GSR maybe one day will be in the prisons where people can listen to testimonies and On the road. get hope and comfort. On the road. Yeah. Maybe that's something we need to start facilitating. Amen. Yeah. Well, well, trust me when I say, guys, we have some on-fired, I mean on-fired men and women that do listen to us. I'm a part of a radio ministry that every Sunday night from 9 to midnight called Purifier Street 88.9, where 90% of our listeners is from the prison and the jail, county jail. So which makes it even more of a treat for us to go in because once we get there, they're telling us about, you know, not only how God used us, but how it made them realize and recognize that all that they once did, they just don't want it no more. And prison, what I love about going there, because not only was I once there, but now I'm able to go there. And I, I, 
I, I call them my captive audience and there's no way they can go nowhere, you know? I see what you did and they there. They have to sit still and listen. But if I can reach them there and I tell people, a lot of them, they're blessed to be there because the alternative could have been either dead or there could have been something serious. But the father decided just to put them there where they could be still, yeah. be away from whatever they would call it in and be able to really hear the, the hard, full gospel and the love that he still has for them. And that's when the hearts break and weep and then they realize, you know what, I just don't want this no more, but I definitely want that. So I, I love anything that has to do with Well, let's plan on that, Pastor Monzel. Let's plan on talking a little bit more about how maybe we can partner in that regard. Okay. Yeah. That'd be awesome, brother. We got a studio here, too. You want to come over and you're going to check out my (laughs) lab and, uh, and, uh, you know, do some commercials for the ministry or something? Come on. And uh, I'm down for whatever. All right. (laughs) And God Stories Radio is the king of the shameless plugs. So you got anything to plug, man? You got a book or a tape or a CD uh, series or anything you want to plug? Website? Yeah. No, actually, again, when uh, each and every time that God allows, it humbles. It's, it's humbling, by the way, just to be able to be on somebody's uh, ministry that has to do with uh, many, many listeners, such as radio, TV, or whatever. But I never do it to where people put their attention on me. I just want to be found faithful. So I don't try to put nothing out there that I'm doing. I just just seek him. Just seek him. Get plugged in wherever you are to just allow him to use you with whomever is surrounded by you. And just, again, just seek that name, which is above every name, which is Jesus. That's the plug. Seek Jesus. <laughs> Not passing my because I'm going to do is preach him anyway. <laughs> if I had a book, if I had a series, it's still going to talk about him. So because he split the veil, you have direct access to it. So just call Jesus and he'll tell you everything you need to know. Whatever I could tell you, he's going to just say, yep, now let's get the, the, the one-on-one stuff. So that's my plug. Seek Jesus, y'all. He's available. <laughs> I love it. I can All hear right. the podcast now. Seeking Jesus with Pastor Monzel. <laughs> You now I have access to the planet. VIP. That is awesome. Well, thank you again for blessing us with your time and your story. Yes, thank you, Pastor. Amen. It was Th- definitely my pleasure. Thank for thank you to all of our Mixler listeners tonight. And I see Mr. Tom. Tom, I see you, buddy. Thanks for logging in and hanging out with us at least for a few minutes. Good to have you. Good to have you, buddy. So, man, we just uh, got to go back and listen to this one again. I oh, know, absolutely. For sure. Because that story, a lot of that went over my head. I know it did. But uh, I think I'm going to have uh, some coffee time with Pastor Monzo. There you go. In the near distant future. <laughs> I think it's it's hard for you, too, because you're managing all the tech, you know, I mean, so you don't you get know, to focus. Right. Yeah. You know, prophesying again. Their distant future. <laughs> but his story, like like oh, I said, my gosh, it touches riveting. me so much because just being from California myself and, and living through the time of a lot of gang violence, I mean, that was a very real thing as I was growing mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Um, and, you know, living in areas of town where most people didn't want to be. Um, so it's it's inspiring to hear how somebody can turn their life around you know, and, you know, you look at people sometimes and you think, oh, there's such a lost cause, but nobody is a lost cause. No, no. Nope. You know, and I think that's the moral of the story. 
We all need to keep trying and pouring into these people because you just never know they're going to turn out to be like a Pastor Monzel who's going out there and reaching people for Jesus, yep. changing their lives, you know? So um, I'm just really grateful for, um, just really grateful for everything. Huh. Pastor Monzel, he's not there anymore. No, I think Oh, I guess he had to go? Something must have happened with the phone. Oh, man. Yeah, I wanted to ask him about something, but that's okay. He brought up a, a really interesting point about prison being, um, I guess, a, a situation God puts you in. And you know what? Thinking yeah. on that, thinking on that for a minute, we were all put in situations where we had a choice, mm-hmm. where we could either, um, you know, run to him or run from him. Right. And prison just, for some people, has to be that situation, you know, like he said, to separate them. They're captive. Right. Mm -hmm. To separate them from their old life and their old thinking and where they're going to have time to renew. and Mm -hmm. Just like uh, Pastor said that he had uh, a captivating audience. Well, when Jesus brings them there, they're captive to his thoughts and so on and so forth and has his tug at their hearts and all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, what a great story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love that guy. I want to get to get to know him a lot better, man. He's a fireball. <laughs> <laughs> he is for Christ, that's for sure. Absolutely. Amen to that. That's right. Well, if you have a testimony, we'd like to hear it. We so would. You can... Uh, you can call in, you like can Pastor write in, did, yeah. you can come by. We'd rather you sit here personally with us. It's a lot more fun, but it we'll is. take your testimony we'll be, any way we can get it. You uh, can be live on YouTube. That's right. <laughs> we are live on YouTube right now. You can log on and see our faces for radio. <laughs> but, uh, you know, drop us a line at godstoriesradio at gmail.com. And if uh, you're not the uh, in-person type, you know, write it, jot it down on a letter and send it in to us and we'll read it. We've We've read uh, testimonies here that were just amazing, and we'll take it any way we can get it. Yes, we will. And uh, uh, <clears throat> if the show has touched you in any way, we would love to hear from yeah. you because, you know, it's coming up on the end of the year, and this is year four for us. Yes. Amazing. Going into you to year five soon yeah. to be. So we would love to hear from some of our brothers and sisters, you know, overseas or in the States. If, right. if you've been listening to the show for a while. Encourage uh, us. Encourage us. So just let us know. Hey, I've been listening for a while and and uh, I just really appreciate what you guys are doing. And, and it's not that we're trying to get any accolades, but it encourages us because, you know, and encouraging you has been our only agenda since we started God Stories Radio. So. We just love and appreciate all of you. We thank you for praying for us. So, Babe, any closing remarks over there? No, I'm just really happy we got the opportunity to do this testimony. And I know. I'm really grateful for his Me time. Too. So, he, he didn't, you know, old Slewfoot didn't want want this testimony out there. Man, no. He threw me a curveball. Yeah. As soon as I got home, I couldn't get nothing to work. Mm-hmm. And finally, just a light came on, which doesn't happen very often. <laughs> But, was uh, that a light came on or a light the, came on the in your light head? Came on, <laughs> and I just all of a sudden knew how to wire it different where it would work, and it worked. So, well, that's the Lord. the Lord for you. Yeah, absolutely. 
So anyway, thanks again to our uh, listener, our one listener on YouTube tonight. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we appreciate that. Thanks to our listeners from uh, on Mixler. We got Tracy and uh, Tom. Good to see you, buddy. Hope you get some rest tonight. I know you got to work tomorrow. <laughs> Been a pleasure this week. So, uh, but that about wraps it up for session one forty-five. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. God bless. God bless. God bless. Oh, this time I've wandered around. Searching for the things I'll never know I've been searching for this answer that Only will be found in your love In my feet My heart is being mended by your touch In my heat your voice has shown my purpose in this world You have restored me From a feeble and broken soul You have restored me You have restored me From a feeble and broken soul You have restored me Perfect at your throne Laying all reflections down To see the precious beauty that you've shown In my feet My heart is being mended by your touch In my heat Your voice has shown my purpose in this world